0: Hello and welcome back to the Thundersticks podcast. I'm your host Ben Kreider and today we are going to be doing a contract chat. Sam Presti is going to have a lot of different players to make calls on, not just this offseason but in the next one too as well. So I want to cover the two biggest targets that we could see get extensions either over the off season and the midseason or in next off season entirely. I'll be talking Lou Dort and Darius Baisley, kind of where they stand right now in terms of their contract, what a market could look like for them, and when I believe a contract could be signed between the two Parties and to top it all off, guys, I have a very special offer from my good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. So you do not want to miss out on that. Kind of just starting things out though with the Thunder and some of these players that they have on the market. I think when people talk about Oklahoma City. They almost use the franchise in like a future tense. You know, it's what they could be later on. This is a rebuild. They're blatantly tanking this and that. But no one really cares about them right now. It's all about what they could be in the future. You know, as we all know, they have a future just stockload of first round picks like historic number. We're talking. They got three first round picks this season. They basically control the Clippers destiny for the next five in terms of, you know, whenever draft season rolls around. So they're looking very solid, and they're at a point where, you know, you're going to see even more young players come into the fold. So they're still in their infancy stages, yes, but I think people have kind of forgotten that, you know, there's already sort of a core forming here. You know, there's been really two seasons of full-on rebuilding. The Chris Paul year was kind of like that bridge year where I would say it was a rebuild, but at the same time... You know, they were very productive, just kind of passing off the torch. You know, it was a very good season for them, but they've been all on deck the last two seasons, and they've been able to create some really good players out of it. SGA has spread his wings out, leading the NBA in drives, one of the top penetrators in the game, and, you know, he's still fairly young. He's going to be moving on to his actual, like, max contract next season, but he's done a hell of a job with Oklahoma City to this point. And then you have some other additions as well uh, that have really been able to make an impact to where you have not just SGA. You have guys like Josh Giddy, Trey Mann's looking nice, Lou Dort, Baisley. These are players that you can kind of continue uh, to build long-term whenever you are looking to make a splash in the playoffs. But obviously, they got to make some calls on them. Prior to this point, Everyone was on rookie scale contracts. It didn't really matter much. You could pick up Al Horford, Kemba Walker, buy him out, and it really doesn't matter. It's kind of going to change because now all these youngsters that OKC brought in during the Chris Paul time are going to be getting paid. They're finishing their four-year contracts. They're going to get off that rookie scale deal, and it's going to be time for extensions. That means that OKC is going to have to step a little bit out of their comfort zones and they're going to have to make some of those pivotal decisions. The biggest one has to be Lou Dort. We all sort of know the story with Lou. You know, comes in as a two-way signee with the Thunder, goes undrafted out of Arizona State, former five-star prospect, and he was dominant with the Blue. He averaged 19 and a half points with them across 13 games. One of them was a 35 point just clinic. He gets the call up to the Thunder and he basically never let it up. I think his debut was against the Minnesota Timberwolves. He got to close the game out and he had one of the biggest plays. It was kind of just foreshadowing what he would have become, but it was like a loose ball in the backcourt. Seemed like Minnesota was going to get on top of it, probably call a timeout. Instead, Lou just pounced on the basketball, made a game-altering play, and pretty much swayed the outcome of that one. Never let up past that point. Just continued to get a stronger and stronger place in the rotation. He was starting prior to the uh, COVID outbreak we saw, and then he was just the obvious contract conversion heading into Orlando. And had James Harden not rejected his shot at the buzzer, OKC could have defeated the Rockets game seven and had moved on to the second round. That would have been one hell of a story. Obviously, it didn't come into fruition, but he was a breakout candidate as a rookie. Looked really good last year. And this season, he was averaging a tick above 17 points per game when he did play. I played 51 games there. Every single one of them was starts. Same in his sophomore campaign. Basically, he has been one of the key cogs of the franchise to this point he's going to be making 1.9 million dollars next season but then the contract officially concludes and here is the kicker with lou and this is why his deal is very interesting and he might be the most uh, interesting candidate that we will see from this 2019 draft class. Because a lot of these signees, they come attached with bird rights, and they're going to be restricted free agents when they enter um, the free agent pool. But due to how Lou's contract was structured, because he wasn't a first-round pick, a second-round pick, he was an undrafted signing that got converted, he is not going to be a restricted free agent. He is an unrestricted free agent next offseason, if OKC does not lay out an offer and that is big time because he's not a guy that you can kind of wait on because he's going to be on his own schedule if he really likes the contract from let's say like the Celtics or whatever team it might be the Pistons might throw him a godfather offer if OKC gives the same exact offer but he likes Detroit more he can go to Detroit it's not a matching system and it basically means that Lou Dort could be let's say, 28 years old going into his second contract. It's a unique situation for a pretty unique player. And that kind of makes him a pretty high priority, you would think. And this was something that was noted in both Lou Dort's uh, exit interview and Sam Presti whenever he had his two-hour-long presser. Now, when Lou talked about it, he kind of kept it short and sweet. He said that he'd leave it up to his agents, and that was that. Like, the business side— he'll leave it over there. He didn't really touch up on the team. Everything indicates that he really likes being in Oklahoma City, but he kind of just gave that typical business answer that you really can't nitpick or anything. That's just the safe way to go about it, you know. Uh, But for Sam, he did address it, and it sounds like there will be some discussions with Presti. You know, he talked about Dort's current deal but he also talked about some other like underlying factors that could get in the scheduling of when Dort could get a contract lined up and this is the direct quote from him he said we'll definitely have a conversation on that I don't know when that will those conversations will really kind of pick up but we will have some different options I don't want to get into all of them but the most important thing in those situations is trying to understand where everybody is coming from and you need to work together so that one kind of indicates that yes there is that chatter now Um, just for some context he was talking about Dort's contract extension there and I think it's kind of just a meeting of the minds and trying to kind of get everything settled there one thing though that also kind of got blotched in some highlighter for me he talked about the NBA's collective bargaining agreement and how it could be shifted in 2023. And basically, that is one of the determining factors in what you'll see in the salary gap and kind of just the impacts on how teams are going to be able to use their salary, how deep they can go into luxury tax, repeater tax. It can be big. And it's one of those things where you make agreements not just with the organization, but there's also like player deals structured, 40% of revenue goes to contracts, like that kind of stuff. So that kind of occurring in 2023 is a bit unfortunate for this situation because OKC is kind of lined up to make their big move in 2023. They don't have much in the books right now. Basically, the only big contract they have secured is SGA. Everybody else in the 2023-24 season is on a rookie scale contract and a lot of them are on team options. Now I'd argue and probably say that like all of those get picked up. So let's just say they have about $55 million that's going to be locked up. Well, the current salary cap is $122 million and that's for next season, not two years out. Two years out, it could be $130 million. That's 80 mil they have to spend and then you tack on maybe some rookies that they'll bring on, I would imagine they'd have about $60 million in free space. So they can play the market, they can trade, they can use their draft assets to get guys that they like. It makes it a very flexible season. And securing Dort now, would kind of buy it into that. But if they're bought in, I don't really think it matters. For Presti though, he's pretty meticulous and he kind of likes to think things out like this. So I wouldn't be all that shocked if we didn't get pen to paper this offseason. You still got to remember, though, that if they decide to go that route, you still have to get him at some point. Because of the nature of his contract and due to him not being restricted, you can't throw that qualifying offer, he can just leave you. So if there's something that happens to where he's done with the team, he can leave, and you're not getting anything back. I don't think it's going to be one of those situations. You know, I've heard the the idea of him being traded, and it's like the James Harden situation is the comparison. I don't think that's a good comp at all. You know, that Harden deal happened 10 years ago, and OKC was fresh off of being in the NBA Finals. So they were looking to contend. They needed to make a move with money. I think it was down to really him or Perkins. They got Perkins locked up and you know they had to make a deal so they got Kevin Martin and a couple other pieces as we all know did not work out too well but OKC has a salary now so it's not a matter of that I would say it's just making sure that he is what they like long term at the position there's gonna be some leverage Swain and Lou Dort's camp because he's unrestricted Wasserman is the group that uh, kind of agents for him and i'm sure they're thinking you know the longer the Presty waits the higher the price tag is going to go because as we've seen the salary cap continues to inflate as we get the cba regulations in it could give a lot more leeway and because of it you could see lou skyrocketing into a player making upwards of 20 million dollars on a multi-year contract for me i think the ballpark range is anywhere from like 16 mil to 20 mil per season. I would think it'd probably be a three or four year contract if the Thunder would like to pull the trigger right now. But that's why leverage means so much here and why it's really hard to get that gauge. Now, you don't see a lot of um, contracts kind of in this area. And I was trying to get some good comparisons for what he might garner in the market Derek White was making about 18 and a half million dollars on his next contract I'd say Dort is probably in that category if not a little bit better so I think the sweet spot is somewhere around 18 to 20 mil that's going to be a big bite into your salary cap though and I think that's why even though it would be smart if you really like Dort to pull the trigger now Presti could be playing a little bit of the waiting game to see what happens I think that a deal is going to get reached because he's kind of proven himself. Now, I've talked on the pod before, like, is it going to work long-term with SGA, Gideon, Dort? I don't think that matters right now. You got yourself an undrafted gym with an archetype that Presti has been salivating for for like 10 freaking years. Make sure he stays in Bricktown and you can get it done. I don't know if it's a training camp signing or when we're going to find it, but that's just kind of my idea. Probably a little bit more patient here, but I'm sure that Presti kind of understands the magnitude of Dort's situation and what he's going to be able to bring to the team moving forward. And I want to talk about Darius Baisley as well, kind of in this same situation here. But first, I want to let you guys know about my good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And the special offer they have for you all. The NBA playoffs means next level basketball. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, place a same-game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 in free bets back if a leg does not hit. Here's what you have to do for the offer. Go ahead and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details just pivoting over guys to Darius Baisley. It's kind of the same old situation, but it is a little bit different because with Lou Dort, you obviously have a guy who has sort of been your foundational piece next to SGA the last two seasons. Baze has kind of been a bit of a gray area because he's been extremely talented at some some points of the season, and then others, you know, you really can't buy a bucket off of him. A little bit of inconsistency, Uh, But he's still a very intriguing player, and he's only 21 years old. So just going into his situation as well, same exact thing. OKC, very, very young roster, youngest one in the league, and there's 11 players that are on rookie-scale contracts going into next season. Have to make a move on him, have to make a call on Dort as well. Because Baisley was selected in the first round, originally the Thunder had the 21st pick, traded back to 23 to select him. He's making $4.3 million next year, but he's going to be a restricted free agent in the 2023 class. So different, different spot than Dort, like clearly. Dort can go anywhere he wants. OKC, okay, if they throw out a qualifying offer, will be able to match any offer and retain him all they need to do is throw a qualifying offer out. It's going to be $6.2 million. And I can assure you, he's going to have a qualifying offer thrown his way if they don't lock him up prior to this point. You saw qualifying offers be extended to guys like Sfee Luke and even Josh Hall last offseason. Now, they did have price tags a little bit cheaper, but Hall was about 1.5 mil. Sfee was around $2 million. And they didn't keep either of them. They let Hall get waived uh, to get Paul Watson Jr. and with fee they rescinded it and he ended up going elsewhere. So I don't think that's that big of a deal. I think that you know at, at worst he goes into free agency and OKC is still going to have that final say on where he ends up going. Presti also talked about Bayes in some context during his exit interview. Uh, He said that he looked different to end the season. And this was in good light. He was talking about how with all these young players on the roster, you can see like major improvements like out of nowhere. And like they really don't have all the scouting done yet because they learn everything new about different players. Like he said, Trey Mann at the beginning of the season was a completely different player than where he is now. Same thing as Baisley. The way he closed the year out was very impressive have all these different draft picks, all these different bench guys are moving up from the G League. They could turn out to be something. So he's talked about how he did a really good job at things, but just like Dort, he mentioned the CBA and just how the contracts work. He said that stuff, which is contract negotiations, is like ground cover compared to the things that when you're at the stage where we are, Going into our second draft, we reposition the team financially on and off the floor. But the thing that really shapes everything in every sport is what the rules are that are governing the CBA, essentially. The CBA, and obviously that could change in 2023. Revenue sharing, it's all tied to that. Digital media deals could also be a factor. Those are things that really drive the league so much. So, he's kind of looking at all the other stuff that could impact the market. The CBA, what you're going to see in revenue sharing, media deals. That changes the money and the influx that you're going to see Sam Presti being able to utilize. They still have a ton of cushion when it comes to the 2023 offseason. They could sign Dorton, they could sign Bayes right now for respectable deals, and they'd still probably be positioned to be able to sign somebody to a maximum contract. But That's with three players. That's with SGA, Dort, Bays, and some of your rookies on a rookie scale deal. And that's not even factoring in what you could see uh, join the roster over the next season or so. I think this is one where Presti is going to take his time. Bays is coming off a season where he averaged 10.7 points, 6.3 rebounds, and 1.4 assists. He was a primary starter, but you have to remember, to begin the regular season... He was kind of at an all-time low, and this happened in his sophomore campaign, too, where he had a really strong, like, January. You saw him strum up, like, three consecutive double-doubles, but then he kind of fell off the face of the earth, and he kind of came back in a sense, but it was always the tale of he had four really good games in a row. There's no way he gets it to five, right? And you'd see him kind of dip up and down for, like, three, three game spans. This season, he kind of got back into the groove post-All-Star break, and he was actually one of their better players. When you were looking at who could be a cutter for you, Baze was always the guy. He seemed to have his head uh, kind of tapped in when it came to rebounds, and even from downtown, he started hitting them, and the confidence levels came back up. Baze is still kind of a question mark, though, in that area. Baisley looked very good as a rookie in the bubble. Um, he had Some moments where he was slashing to the basket, of course, but the three-level scoring ability was the real moneymaker for him. You saw it when he was at Princeton uh, in high school, you know, when he was able to hit those three-point shots, translated over uh, to Orlando, and that kind of opened the door for him to tap inside. That's what we saw to close the year, and you saw him kind of turn back into that three-level force. He's a very good player when he's able to score from all three levels, but when he's not able to hit the three point shot and he's kind of just relegated to shooting around the cup, that's when you start to see him kind of flail a little bit because he's not taking high quality looks. Defenders start to sag off on him, and the extra step or two he might be able to get if they're kind of playing up is just completely axed from the conversation. So he needs to be able to hit threes. He's still a very good bench producer. At the bare minimum. I think you have to look at this whole roster though when you kind of think about Baisley's outlook. Dort is kind of a man on his own. Like, who else is in that category with him? Maybe Aaron Wiggins, Kenrich Williams, but that's not a good comparison. I think Dort is clearly better than Wiggins and Kenrich Williams, and he's also younger, basically. He might have like a year over Aaron, but it's not that significant. With Bazley, there's a lot of competition at the four spot. Alexei Pokushevsky is one of the big ones. You have Isaiah Roby, who also is going to have a decision made on him. And then you have Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who, yes, he's been the starting center for the Thunder. But Dagnall has talked about wanting to move him down to the four after he recovered from his injury. That's where he was playing in some stints next to Sar. I think that's where we could see him settle. So there's options at this power forward spot. And if they're able to get that center locked up, that's when you get into the conversation of how do you make this like rotational gymnastics work out? Because you have Baze, Poku, JRE, and potentially even Roby. I think the biggest one though could be the draft. You look at these slate of prospects. At number 12, Jalen Duran's kind of the guy that would Get you at the five. That's where you talk about JRE sliding and such. But at the four, that's almost like three out of the top four prospects, depending on how you want to move Chet. Chet, he's a center, but he could also play the four, I think. Same with Jabari Smith. Paulo, I say is more of a three, but he could also play at that power forward position. If you get a guy like Jabari or you get someone like Chet, well, I think he immediately jumps up to the top of the priority list. And a guy like Bayes, even though he's very good, um, you know, he'd be thrown into a really big battle for minutes. And that could lead to, uh, you know, some decisions having to be made. So, with that being said, I think there's just way too many question marks on Bayes right now to actually throw him an offer. And if you're going to throw him one, I think it's going to be a decent cut of money. Kyle Kuzma is my comp. He got paid um, 13 mil per year in his Wizards extension. It was a three-year, $39 million contract. Now, he is a little bit on the older side, but the numbers, I think, are pretty relatable, and same goes with the play style. Like Kuzma, he's able to put up a firework show on one night, and then another night, there's literally no fuse. He just can't get anything going. So, I would say, million, but yet again, I think the agency could be pushing towards a bit more. And because of it, I think that Bayes is going to be a definite wait until training camp. If there's going to be a deal made, I think it comes from Lou Dort. He needs to be secured due to his unrestricted status. With i I would not be opposed to waiting. I think you need to see how the draft shakes out. Even free agency And then just how he plays out this season. You have his restricted free agency rights. So if he knocks it out of the park this season, he solidifies himself as a consistent threat. Well, you threw that out to him. You gave him the restricted status. So you can pick him up on whatever the best deal is. I don't think that's something to fret about. $6.2 million to ensure you have that final say is really nothing for nba money as crazy as it sounds so yeah i think that just like dort this is one that will take some time so i would assume that a lot of people are going to be talking about this over the summer now it's sort of a hidden combo because you have the draft lottery in a couple weeks you have the nba draft in a month or two and then you start rolling into training camp but post draft i think that's when people will begin to talk about dort and bay's I don't know if anything's going to happen yet, though. I think the waiting game is how Presti likes to play things like this. And because of what seems to be a really thought-out game plan for the next two seasons— I feel like they want to wait until the last moment to kind of get those deals done and set the table for the 2023 offseason. Every sign is indicated that they're looking to be a big player that year. They're going to have SGA and Giddy with another year or two of experience. Same goes with Dort and Bays if they stick around. And they're going to have some extra draft capital to go along with it. So that's sort of my take on what we have seen uh, with Dort, with Bays. There's going to be extra players that will be thrown into this. Isaiah Roby and Ty Jerome are two players to keep tabs on. I'll let you guys know and kind of keep you covered as we see more and more um, of this kind of progress. But other than that, though, guys, that is going to do it for today's episode. I thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all next time. See ya.